Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo, Privacy Simplified. And this hour is being brought to you by Lakeside Bank. With the power of Lakeside Bank, Lakeside Bank, it's about time. Ray, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Let's go now, you fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Jason Leisure. I'm here in the studio at The Score. This is a very, very special honor for you. Co-host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I don't really like doing the radio, man. Yes. I don't like doing sports radio like the typical. That's why I've wanted to be on your show because your show is, uh, what's the word for it? Interesting. His takes will leave you speechless. It feels like there is some hateration and holleration in the century because... I do feel like Jason and, and Tony, there's a little bit of hate there. I'm not sure what holleration means. I'll just be upfront with that. <laughs> I can figure out hateration. I'm not sure about holleration. Jason Leisure on the Lawrence Holmes Show on The Score. Jason Leisure joins me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. You can also read Jason Leisure in the Sun-Times. And he's nice enough to join us. Oh, by the way, the Sports Adjacent Podcast is terrific. You should subscribe and you should give it a rating. And you should know the type of hijinks that goes on on there. And I think that some of the score listener, the score listener got a taste of it yesterday, Mr. Leisure. I don't know if you were listening. You probably weren't. You're busy. You're taking care of your kids, like all that good stuff. Your partner in crime, Russ Dorsey, was on the show yesterday. He, too, like you, was on the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. He did not have sleeves on yesterday when he did his appearance. No, you know how like Vince Carter was half man, half amazing, and Charles Barkley called Kyrie Irving half man, half a season? Russ is half man, half a shirt. That is very accurate. And even in his sit-down with Jazz Chisholm, yeah, he's got you know two at least two probably three buttons unbuttoned on his button up shirt. Hey, he's been looking a little bit like Jerry Buss lately. That's a good call. Oh my god, he's black Jerry Buss. That actually makes a lot of sense that he well, is not the black Jerry Buss. Let's not go that far. I mean, but clothing know, wise, cl- clothing wise, but you guys did accuse him on the podcast of having the moment in the car with the nurse 
saying that he might use sympathy to get some things that he wants. That happened. But see, but, but Russ, Russ is a good-looking guy. He's in great shape. He, he works out constantly. Like, if I looked like Russ, I'd probably never wear a shirt. I'd be allergic to shirts, too. A texter correctly has now come up with the nickname for him. He's now Jerry Russ. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So take that back you know, to he, the podcast uh, were, and have some fun with it. We we talk so much about winning time because all three of us love that show. I've never asked you. I assume that you like it, but I've never asked you about it now that I now that I mentioned now that I think of it. Um, and Tony and I were having this kind of like one time we were waiting for Russ to come on the call, and Tony and I were having kind of this like awkward conversation of like, which one of us, once we first got going on this show on watching Winning Time, which one of us is going to be the first one to tell Russ that Magic Johnson reminds us a lot of him? And we were both like, mm, let's not do it. Let's not do it. And then Russ did it. Russ came out and said it. Yep. I, I enjoy the show. Bernstein and I actually usually once a week we'll talk about it because he's really into the show too. Mm-hmm. And I'm, hope, I'm, I'm actually hoping, I've been working on getting Sally Richardson Whitfield who's one of the directors. She's from Chicago. She's a, a, a fantastic actress who's turned into a, a director. She directed, I want to say, the last episode, and I want to try and get her on the, the show because I dig it. And what's weird is, what I find fascinating is, is I think that all of the particulars that are upset with how they're being depicted on the show only watch the first episode because I think that the way that Kareem has been depicted on the show going forward, I think Kareem would be okay with that depiction of how he was sensitive to what was going on with Spencer Haywood and that he offered him chance after chance to try and make this whole thing work and how dedicated he was to trying to do things the right way and teach Magic Johnson about the world. Same thing with Jerry West. Jerry West's character has evolved throughout this show. And it makes it, it makes me laugh that Jerry West is doing stuff now that you would expect the character Jerry West to do. Yes. Talking about he's going to take things to the Supreme Court. Yes, he's almost like living up to the caricature that they've done of him. I, I'm a total hypocrite on this entire show, man, because I love watching the show. I love that they have fictionalized it and dramatized it. But I also, if I was one of several people being depicted on the show, would not like it. Is there any one of the characters that you think should like the way that they're being depicted? Pat Riley comes off looking pretty good. I mean, at every turn, Pat Riley comes off as the, as like the, the one guy that, is, uh, that knows what's going on a lot of the time. But I don't think that, like some of the stuff like, okay, you could make a depiction of me and you could make it true. And there'd be some things I don't like. There's some things that are actually correct about me that I'm like, "Mm, that's not my, that's not the attribute about me that I'm proudest of, or that I enjoy the most or would want people to see in a TV show. But like, you know, Chick Hearn, does his family love how he's portrayed on there? Uh, You know, I can't imagine that they do. Paul, uh, Jerry Buss's family, like I, I, Magic Johnson, like I'm sure all of these guys that say they haven't seen it, I'm sure they know. I'm sure they actually have seen it or they've been told what's in it. And the stuff that's true and the stuff that's exaggerated or fictionalized, like I, I wouldn't love being portrayed the way a lot of the people on the show are being portrayed. But hypocritically, I love the show and I love that they are not doing Last Dance. I love that it's dramatized and fictionalized 
and kind of spiced up for TV. That's what we want to see. Who plays you? Who do we get to play you? Who plays me? Jeez. Uh, who's a bald guy? Uh, I, I was going to say Jason Statham. Be like perfect. Yeah, there you go. Jason Statham in a beard. There we go. I think you might be taller than him, too. So, Wow. Okay. <laughs> Something to keep in mind. Um, uh, I'm glad that we got to talk winning time, but obviously, since you cover the Bears, I, I would like to ask you your thoughts on the Bears. What did you think of what they did in the draft? That's a really tough question because I view everything about the Bears right now through the lens of working up to 2023. And I don't think the Bears are tanking, certainly, but it's clear that the priority is 2023, not this season. So I think if you're Ryan Poles, you're looking at the collective cap space and the collective set of draft picks for this year and next year leading up to, hey, problems have been solved once we start the 2023 season. So if you're giving him this year's draft picks and next year's draft picks to solve all those problems, then he took care of some things that they needed to take care of with those second-round picks. That being said, I think one of the potential flaws in that plan is Fields needs help immediately. You need it now. You cannot have him languish through whatever kind of offensive line and receivers and tight end that he's got to play with. This You need to surround him with the things that he needs. You need to treat him like he's a franchise quarterback right now, even though he hasn't proven that he is. I think the way to get him there is to treat him like he's a franchise quarterback and supply him with everything he wants and not just go bargain shopping for receivers and free agency. That's what I wanted to talk to you about because I'm I'm in this place and I'm a little bit stuck. You wrote about it earlier this week and you were talking about the concept of roster repair. The Bears have to do a complete roster repair. I'm not even sure people outside of Chicago, I think most Bears fans now realize how bad the 53 or 63 man roster that the bears had was the last two seasons. How bad was this problem? And, and then I'll, I'll follow up with, with the existential bears crisis that I'm having. Well, it's really bad. And you know, when you say people outside Chicago, you're not sure if they realized, no, I can assure you that they didn't realize because no one was paying attention to this team for the last couple of years. This team was completely irrelevant. It was like, when you're watching TV and some random Jaguars game comes on, Jaguars, Texans, and you're like, oh, I forgot these teams existed. That's what it's like for the rest of the country when the Bears come on Sunday night or Thursday night football. They are not a nationally followed team right now. And it's partly because of the losing, and it's partly because of it, this. It's so, it's so dull. It is so unwatchable on Sundays. As far as how bad off the roster was, take a look at what's left of the roster. Take a look at what they've got right now. I'll give you Roquan Smith, Justin Fields, and Darnell Mooney, Jalen Johnson. There's four guys. Anybody else after that that you'd cry if they got rid of? Anybody else that would hurt if you saw him no. walk out the door? No. And it didn't. And with Mac, you know, it, he's still going to be. He's still a really good player. He's still probably a Pro Bowl or All Pro level player. But I don't know if he was going to be able to maintain that until their next good team. So that wasn't really worth keeping. I mean, you don't see a lot here that you're like, boy, we really need to make sure this guy's still on the team in 2024. Okay, so let me go back to something you were talking about. We're talking with Jason Leisure, who covers the Bears for the Sun-Times. 
the sports adjacent podcast you should check out you should subscribe and rate it give it five stars because it's awesome the issue that i have is trying to figure out what to take from this and whether the right way to go about helping justin fields is by making the rest of the roster better is there an argument to be made that if the team itself is better then justin fields is better yeah definitely but what kind of game do you want to play here? Do you want to play, try to score 16 points and then just pray that's enough? I mean, that's enough of that for the last few years. I think that anything you do to improve the roster does help him. A better defense helps Justin Fields, yes. But I also think you need to give him things that are going to allow him to flourish individually. And while there's an indirect benefit to fixing the secondary, for example, that's not as, much, that's not as helpful to you or to him as – giving him a bunch of good receivers and a good offensive line. So then how do they go about evaluating him next year? And maybe you're right. Like maybe what we're talking about is Justin Fields year three. That's the true evaluation. But then when you start looking at the draft in, in next season, you go, well, that's probably more of a quarter, definitely more of a quarterback draft than this past year, but maybe Mm -hmm. as good of a quarterback draft as we've seen in the last five or six years, so how do you go about evaluating Justin Fields if you aren't providing him with some of the things that he needs offensively? It's extremely difficult. And Ryan Poles talked about trying to evaluate his rookie season, and he said it's cloudy, I believe was the word that he used. It's cloudy to evaluate that because of everything that was going wrong there. And you could make a list of all the things that were working against Justin Fields last year. You could include on that list Matt Nagy's dysfunctional offense, you could, you could include on that list Ryan Pace's bad decisions personnel-wise that left them with that offensive line and those skill players. You could include the instability of going, you know, of having Andy Dalton in there. And so Field spends a lot of the time on second team, and it's not really clear, you know, who's the guy, who's not the guy. And then when he does get in, the offense not only is it dysfunctional in general, but totally uh, ill-suited for him. And that would all, those would all be valid problems. And Ryan Poles would sit here and tell you, we've solved all of those problems. Those problems are done. Like, we, we've got the right people picking players. We've got the right offense going. We've got you at the center of it, Justin Fields. We're not, it's not trying to figure out whose team it is or anything like that. But that's not the full list of problems. That list of problems continues into doesn't have a good offensive line, doesn't have really good dynamic receivers that are going to bail him out, not sure if they've got a tight end, not sure if they've got a running game. Those, thing, those things haven't necessarily been fixed on paper to me, maybe Ryan Poles is right. Maybe you get in there and say, oh, Lucas Patrick did change everything about their offensive line. Byron Pringle at 28 or 29, whatever he is, actually is still an ascending player. Equinemia St. Brown is the guy the Packers were sleeping on. Turns out he's really good, too. Maybe Ryan Poles is right about all that. That takes a lot of faith. That I don't see it on paper today. That would take a lot of faith. So if this is still an imperfect situation for Justin Fields, how are you evaluating that? And it's not that we don't. It's not that we wait till 2023 to evaluate him. That doesn't really make sense. And, and again, it's like the whole thing about looking at it as 2023 is the priority. It doesn't mean this season's irrelevant. This season is relevant in the way that it builds up to next season, both collectively for the Bears and with Justin Fields. And you, I don't know how you're going to be able to evaluate is he doing things right when he doesn't have any open receivers or he doesn't have any time in the pocket. How are you going to make any evaluation on that? What are the things that Justin Fields has said about where things stand with him 
right now. Like the the things that he learned from last year's experience that he feels are valuable going into this season. Well, I'll give him a lot of credit. He's very professional. As a very young player, very inexperienced player, he's very professional. He has not taken any even subtle shots, I don't think, at the way things were last season at Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace or the players they put around him or just the whole setup of last year. But you can tell the way he talks about this season, you know, reading between the lines, the way he talks about Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus and this coaching staff and, and the situation he's in now is the clear number one quarterback, the guy who is taking control of the team. He feels comfortable with that. He feels comfortable out there running the offense, running things in, in uh, the mini camp they had a couple of weeks ago as though this is his team now. And he hasn't really earned that with his play, but he, that's the role they need him to play. So the sooner he is dressed for the job that you want, not the job that you have. And so I think he is doing that. He is taking charge, and I think he does feel a lot more comfortable. I think that's the vibe I get from him every time he talks um, since the coaching change. is just much more comfortable. Okay, that, that's a really, really good thing. Jason Leisure of the Sun-Times joining me here on the score. Of the guys that the Bears drafted, is there one that in particular that you think is interesting? Well, Valus Jones is interesting. Everybody was upset about that pick, the third-round wide receiver, but it's certainly an interesting pick. You're betting on a guy that is older than Darnell Mooney when he comes in. I think he's turning 25 next month. Is that right? Or uh, this month? Correct. This week he's turning. He's turning 25. If they, you get in trouble when you start thinking that you know something that the other 31 teams don't. That was Ryan Pace's problem all along. Maybe Ryan Poles is right about Bayless Jones, and he turns out to be a really quality piece. He doesn't have to be a star, but you're, if, when you look at the best teams in the league, when you look at the teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, for example, the Rams and the Bengals. Those guys have those guys are loaded at receiver. Both of them, both of them had three guys that are probably better than anyone the Bears had last season, including Darnell Moody. So you need you need a uh, an arsenal of receivers. You need three to four guys. Darnell Mooney is not going to be your number one, but he can be one of your four. Maybe Bayless Jones develops into one of your four for 2023, but you still need that number one. You, you still got to find that, and I don't think you find that in the third round. I think that's what a lot of people were upset about. You know, picking a cornerback right away, that makes sense. I mean, that is a massive problem. But picking a safety, picking Brisker with the second corner, the second second round pick, I think that's where uh, a lot of people kind of started to uh, fret over Ryan Poles' draft. Okay, but he, he is still – he's saying that this obviously like can't be fixed overnight and that he probably needs more drafts. Should we be impressed that he turns six picks into 11? Not really. I mean, most of those picks are what? Most of the, eight of those picks are fifth, sixth, seventh round. I mean, I don't, those, that, that doesn't really mean a lot. Um, those picks are low percentage picks. Sometimes you find really good players there, like Darnell Mooney in the fifth round. Um, you know, he, he, I like that, I like that move only in the sense of it shows the humility of realizing you need to play the odds in the draft rather than thinking, Oh, I know. I know something. All of these other 31 teams, Lawrence, they're with massive staffs and analytics and film that have been working for months. I'm the one that knows. I know that this sixth-round pick is going to be the guy, and no one else knows it. That's ridiculous. But saying, hey, we're, hey, this is all very random, and none of us can predict this, so I want as many chances as I can take. I want, a, I want 11 draft picks so I can just you know, take as many shots as I possibly can. 
That's very prudent. That's how you end up, you know, it's a lo- they're low percentage picks, like I said. Well, if you take eight shots and you hit a low percentage, that's one or two guys. I mean, you'll take that. Mr. Leisure, I appreciate your time. So now you get like kind of a break, right? With the with no, the Bears cuz No. First off, a break is an interesting word to use because my days that I don't work are busier than the days that I do work. Today, I'm supposedly not working and I'm trying to help my 11-year-old daughter make tiramisu, which I've never made, and uh off to a bad start. We're already going to have to go after this phone call and redo part of what we already did. But uh, the Bears are about to start rookie minicamp this week. They're going to have OTAs. They're going to have full-on minicamp in June. It's really not till about mid-June that everything quiets down. All right. Well, I'll, I'll leave you alone on, on the show unless you want to come and hang out. I'll leave you alone in, until we get to, like, June-ish, July-ish. Well, this is always fun. I'm always up for this. I, well, I think the people would like to know how the tiramisu turns out, so please tweet that if you can. Okay, all right. Or I'll just uh, hope everybody forgets about it if it doesn't turn out good. Well, I, I, even if it doesn't look great, it might taste great. That happens all the time when you're trying new stuff out. Well, that wouldn't matter on Twitter. On Twitter, I would need it to look great. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's very true. That's a good point. Well, good luck with it. Good, good luck. All right, thank you. Break an egg. Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Are you I proud crushed of that? that dad joke. I crushed okay. it. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. That is Jason Leisure of the Sun-Times and the Sports Adjacent Podcast. Please, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating. It's really good. It's him. It's Russ. It's Tony. And they are excellent. So thanks to him for joining us. Okay, so here's what we've done so far. We have done a ton of football. We've broken down the Bears from a film standpoint, from a betting standpoint, and from a reporting standpoint. There's some baseball that I want to do. I want to talk about the series between the Cubs and the White Sox, and I want to talk about the White Sox, whether this feels like the start of something or whether you're still skeptical. I'll discuss that with you next here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It's time for the White Sox Minute. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying. It is gone. We're going to be South Sox regardless. South Slider. Hi, Mom! Go Sox, baby. The White Sox Minute on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Lucas Giolito and Kyle Hendricks, a tremendous pitching matchup for this evening in game number two. As that ball is tattooed into left field, half is back at the track and the wall, and he's not going to get there. Into the basket, one nothing socks. And Leori Garcia hits this ball high in the air, right center field. Hayward is back, and this ball gets out of here. Garcia carries it up and out. Wrigley is a launching pad tonight, and it's 3-2. to two. On the ground and through. Two-strike poke to tie the game for Gavin Sheets. A.J. in the air, right center field, falling down. A parachute through the cold May evening, and it's 4-3. Sox, 2-2 two and two one more time. Strike three, and the Sox will leave with a sweep in hand. Highlights courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. Jason Benetti and Steve Stone on the call. It's weird. Lucas Giolito had a three-outcome start. He was either striking people out, getting the ball hit hard, or walking people. It's very bizarre. Because... There were times in that game where he looked like he was in complete command. And then you see Nico Horner like say, Yakatao. Back to the wall in left field. To the window! To the wall! Lucas talked about the home runs that were given up and whether he feels like things are moving in the right directions for him and the White Sox. I was responsible for two of those and, and I know I know why they happen. Um, you know, had a good first inning, the second inning, uh, just not not commanding the fastball to the top of the zone. I mean, for me, that, that's my bread and butter. Uh, if I throw the fastball to the top, then, uh, you know, I'm going to have success with it and I'm going to be able to play my other pitches off it really well. But it's kind of all over the place, all over the place in my heater, missing down, missing down, missing middle. And uh, I got burned there. A um, couple good swings by them. Uh, so, you know, recognized that and, and really made it a priority the rest of the outing to get get the fastball up and, um, you know, led to a lot more swing and miss, a lot, you know, a lot more success. So, um, you know, a, a bad taste in my mouth uh, walking the last guy. But like I said, I mean, you know, uh, 
Ronaldo came in, got the job done, and uh, we just kept going from there. Despite that, that tough stretch there, we, we didn't lose faith. We knew we were very, very close. And I, I really think that that, that last inning, uh, it's a game we lost against the Angels, that last inning we put up like four or five. That was kind of the turning point where it's like we collectively as a group we're like enough of this. Um, we we can play such better baseball. We know how to string hits together. We know how to play clean defense. Um, and so that was kind of that turning point. Even though we lost that game, since then uh, just higher energy. Um, you know, just being in the moment, um, highly focused on execution. So, you know, we just keep it rolling from there. Man, I hope that he's right. I hope that 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 moment where. He says they kind of collectively said enough is enough, and then they score five runs against the Angels was a jumping-off point. There's also an argument to be made that in the case of the two games they played against the Cubs, the Cubs that they're bump-slaying, and that even in those games, they only tallied seven runs. And if you look at the, the, the games that they played against the Angels where you start thinking that this offense still is problematic. We'll get a better idea. Not that the Red Sox are that much better than the Cubs right now, but we'll get a better idea starting tomorrow when they take on the Red Sox. By the way, Friday's game for the White Sox is on Apple TV+. Plus. You do not need a subscription, at least for now, to be able to watch tomorrow's game. In yesterday's game, Matt Foster was amazing. He was put in a situation that looked horrible, and it looked like the White Sox were going to lose control of the game. He came in and was spectacular. Here's what Lucas Giolito said about the resurgence of Matt Foster as a back-of-the-bullpen guy. The adjustments he's made from last year, uh, I've, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, last year, uh, he... Knew, he knew what needed to improve and, and this game is so tough because sometimes like you can't just make that that adjustment like immediately and whereas this year he's come out he has uh he's added two pitches to his repertoire uh the slider is really really good the curveball um he's riding his fastball i mean it, it's it's so it's it's such a good feeling to see that he he took the bull by the horns and now he's back you know doing what he can do hopefully that continues because they they still have some time before joe kelly is available to them aaron bummer is still not quite right and it's concerning like what what concerns me most about him is his issues with control Yesterday he gave up a couple of hits, but it's it's the ball one like that. That's where I get concerned with Aaron Bummer, and he missed with some. He he had a sink a couple of sinkers that were up, and as Steve Stone pointed out, that's not good. It's not really how that's supposed to work. So that's that series from the perspective of the White Sox. Ray hit him with the Cubs minute. It's time for the Cubs Minute. Chicago Cubs baseball is on the air. Fly the W! Wrigleyville. Fans are awesome. Great food. It's, you know, it's tough to beat. Cubbies. The Cubs Minute on the Lawrence Holmes Show. It's game two of this brief two-game series between the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. 
Oh, for three last night. Drives one in the air. Deep left field. Back is Hap near the fence at the wall. It's gone for a home run. Jose Abreu with a two-out solo home run, and the White Sox take a one-to-nothing lead. Here's the 3-1. Swung on, hit in the air, deep left field. This ball's got a chance! Gone! Nico Horner with a missile to the seats and left. And the Cubs lead 2-1. to one. Of the Detroit Tigers. There's a deep drive to left by Wisdom. That ball is gone! Line drive, home run to left. Wisdom with a rocket. And the Cubs lead 3-1. to one. Garcia drives one to right center. Pretty well hit. Long run. This ball's back to the wall and gone for a home run. Swinging a fly ball. Shallow right center. Racing out Madrigal. Cannot make the catch. It's a base hit. And the White Sox have taken the lead. Peers out over third and brings it. Strike three called. And the ball game is over. White Sox sweep the two-game series. Highlights courtesy of the score. Pat on the call. Cubs are now 9-15. After that 4-3 loss, they have lost six out of their last eight. And a decision on what happens with this team, I think will it'll be more evident after the middle of this month. So there's some hope. Like, there's some hope that they can get out of where they're at right now because they have a 14-game stretch in the middle of this month where they play D-backs, Pittsburgh, D-backs, Cincinnati. That's before they play the Sox again at the end of the month. But you would hope that things would get better for the Cubs overall before that takes place because... They've, they've got some holes. Like There's some great moments. Like Nico Horner, like, muscling up on Lucas Giolito was pretty awesome. And and I hope that he is turning into the player that a lot of people were expecting. Like, not just someone who's good defensively, but is starting to show off all of that hard work that he did on his body to get stronger. And it definitely looked like it with, with the home run that, that he had. They got a couple of hard-hit balls. On Giolito, but when they had a chance to to get this game back even with nobody out and what runners on first and third, they weren't able to do anything with it, and that's not good. Hendricks's line is weird: five and two thirds, seven hits, four earned runs, two homers. I don't think he pitched poorly. He doesn't think that he pitched poorly either. Just two mistakes, I think that they didn't miss, took advantage of, but. Other than that, I mean, I'm looking for consistency, so i got to build on what I did. But I thought I made a lot of good pitches, especially late in the game there. Uh, really got into my mechanics, felt good angle on some fastballs, bad contact, kept the pitch count down, getting ahead of guys. So, yeah, I just got to just gotta keep on going. Now, it felt like early in the game, there was a lot of pop-ups, and then like, really from the mm-hmm. fourth inning on, it was like all ground ball outs. Mm-hmm. Was there adjustments that you felt or made in-game? I think I just got more into what I was trying to do. Yeah, more angle, more down in the zone. Early, they were just really trying to jump me. So a lot of those were on some change-ups. So they were just really out front and got under. So they were still good pitches, you know. Really, like I said, just the two mistakes that they jumped on were right over the heart of the plate. Other than that, it was fastballs at the bottom of the zone, went up when I needed to, threw a lot of good curveballs in some good spots. So I just got to take those positives and not look at those results. Baseball, you know, I'm missing some 
man uh it's a pretty frustrating one i thought we played pretty well made some good plays out there put together great at bats had some chances there late and yeah just hit balls right at guys um it's just one of those things yeah that's a baseball day when you see that ball come off all its battery you know, I, got, I got the weak contact mm-hmm. i wanted and then you're watching nick you know try and sprint after it yeah yeah the sheets won the inning before and then pollock right there that's executing pitches and getting what i want so yeah, that's just baseball. Um, can't control the result. I just got to keep making pitches like that, and I'll be where I need to be. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering about, you know, having the rough April night or in May. You're going to, like you usually do, pitch certainly two better. Do you think you have the stuff that you would be looking for to do that tonight? 100%. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely more on track. Uh, it wasn't like those two bad games I had in April. It was more along the lines of the good ones I had. Just like I said, establishing my fastball down and away, had good angle, getting balls on the ground, bad contact. So I need to just keep focusing on those good things and move with that. So that was what Kyle Hendricks said about his performance. Cliff Floyd was on the post game on Marquee. He had some things that he thought could make Hendricks better going forward. The one thing with Kyle, though, Cole, I would say is his curveball is incredible. Okay. I mean, you know, when you don't see him consistently and then all of a sudden you, know, you start working and you're watching the games and you dive in deep and you're thinking, man, I need this. I need Willie to call that more. I need him Absolutely. to feel, you know, and understand that that curveball is dirty and guys are taking it because they can't hit it. So when you watch him say he threw a couple curveballs, I would like that number to be 10, 11, mm-hmm. especially when guys are trying to ambush him. So he's speaking to understanding what hitters are trying to do so he's going to all what that's how he makes his living yeah. because you know 85 86 but it's darting all over the place he pitches like the former you know uh cub and and, and greg maddox hall yeah. of famer because greg maddox you go up there thinking one way he's totally thinking the opposite that's how kyle Hendricks makes a living yeah. but when you see something working and i'm thinking to myself today i'm watching going more curveballs they already know the other couple pitches, the one that darts off the table, the one that cuts a little bit, you know, the one that dips off. But what about the big 12-6? What about the Absolutely. slurvy curveball yeah. that has success? Tonight, I wish I saw a little bit more of that. And we had Rossi on, and he was talking about sometimes when he doesn't have feel for pitches, those pitches will flatten out, and they did in certain cases, and you saw Abreu take advantage of it. Overall, I didn't think he was too bad. The problem is he and Strowman have to be great if this team is going to do anything this season. There's that middle of the month that you can look forward to. Arizona twice, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. You got 14 games against them. You might need to go like 12-2 and two inside of there to, to give Cubs fans hope about what happens this season. And then if there isn't anything you could start talking about just the development stuff, I see the, the Cubs fans got a, a whiff of, of the running stylings on base of Nick Madrigal yesterday. And I know that Luis Robert caught the ball, but you saw Nick Madrigal doing Nick Madrigal-like things on the base paths. You're going to see more of it, too. When we come back, usually I kind of wrap up the show in the last segment. I'm going to cede my time to someone who's more creative, especially with the numbers, than I am next here on The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yo, Holmes! Lawrence Holmes. Holmes runs it really well. Noon to two. Holmes doing what Holmes does. On Sports Radio 670 The Score. Yo, Holmes! And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. There's been a lot of talk today on the score about numbers and heat maps and trying to get as many pieces of data that you can to make good decisions. Well, I decided that I was going to cede my time to the only person whose numbers I trust. Hit it, Ray. Scott Steiner, it's going to be a three-way TNA heavyweight title at sacrifice between you, Kurt Angle, and Samoa Joe. Now, before you get there, you have an important step tonight as you and X-Division champion Petey Williams take on the unlikely duo of Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at Samoa Joe, and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one -on -one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal, so you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we used to go one-on-one -on -one, and then add 66 and two-thirds percents, I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. See, but I'm going to break it down for all you ladies. Would you rather be with me or would you rather be with Joe? Well, I think Joe's kind of nice. I mean, you know. See, you're one of those girls that like romance. I'm going to talk to all my freaks out there. Would you rather come home to me, a genetic freak, to be satisfied every night, or go home to that fat-ass small Joe? See, tonight, we're going to win, and I'm going to be the world champion at sacrifice. Come on, P. Let's go. Scotty, just like you always say, Big Papa Pump has got your hookup. Well, Maple Leaf Muscle is who you need to look up. Holler if you hear that. It's the only math you'll ever need for the rest of your life. It's the only person I trust to break down the numbers. I'll talk with Parkins and Spiegel next here on The Score. I'm going to talk to all my freaks out there. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.